Welcome, everybody, to episode 241 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. I am solo this week, so I'm not going to be introducing my colleague David because he's not here. But I do, I have the great pleasure of introducing two great friends of the podcast who will be talking with us, uh, with me. We'll, we'll be talking together for the next hour or so about the upcoming Gallifrey One Doctor Who convention in the great city of Los Angeles. And those two good friends are the amazing Lena Barkin and the fantastic Jess Jerkovic. Oh, stop it. Um, I will be mooching around looking like an idiot as usual, but these two amazing people are, have actually got important things to do at the convention. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to talk a little bit about them. Um, I was trying to work out, I think this is the either the fifth or the sixth one of these I've been to now. I can't remember now. Um, Lena, you, you've been to a good many, right, at this point? I think this is my fifth. This is your fifth. Well, maybe it's my fifth as well. Jess, this is only your second or third, right? And you're already this a This is just start. a third. <laughs> I know that this is just a third. Correct. Excellent. Good. And it, yeah, because I think this is my fifth. It might be your sixth then. I, I can't remember. Because I feel like you'd been there before I had. I think uh-huh. I'm... I, this is scintillating. <laughs> People are going to be on the seats of this one. Um, I think I met you at the first okay. one. Anyway, <laughs> we have an amazing Gallifrey one coming up. Um, Lena, please tell us... Um, I understand that you are actually going to be at a signing table signing things like a, I love that like a like a like a boss of oh I might get my, my first autograph at Galley. Words, like, <laughs> <laughs> bring my so, magic so t- card just to spend the time. <laughs> like big tumbleweeds. Um, so tell us a little bit. What will you be signing? What's yeah, going on? So very excitingly, last November, a book that I had a chapter in. Um, was released and it's Adventures in. I should know the title of this like the back of my hand. I think it's Adventures Across Space and Time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, ah. Because every Doctor Who book title changes it slightly so that like you can mm. tell them apart, but then they all sort of sound the same. They'll have to. At this point, there's like only a certain number of words that can be right, used. Exactly. And they've used most of them at this point in every conceivable order. So it's a challenge, yeah. Mm. Yeah, in, in, in every combination. So this is Adventures Across Space and Time, which is a Doctor Who academic reader, which is very exciting. So there's been a lot of scholarship ah. about Doctor Who up until this point. But this is sort of like a primer for people who are interested in Doctor Who studies and it looks at the way that we've studied the show, the way that we've studied fandom, and then it draws in new chapters, um, including mine, about where the fandom is and where it's going and where the show is. So it's it's drawing in all this historical, contemporary like thought on the show, which I find very exciting. And it sort of like consolidates Doctor Who studies into a really exciting, interesting digestible almost like mini syllabus um that you can like draw from the book itself so um that was released in november it is my first published Mm. academic work which i am very proud of yay (laughs) fantastic fantastic and your chapter what's the focus of your of your chapter my chapter is about tumblr (laughs) so it is looking at the way that Doctor Who fandom functions on Tumblr and like how it's grown up specifically like within that social media context. So it's sort of like looking at a newer social media and say and and um, how it can like create 
the way that Tumblr functions, it can create very tight knit communities and like in groups and memes and stuff like that. But then it has this really expansive reach sometimes because Tumblr is a big platform. And so I look at two sort of meme case studies. And one of them is like how we, how a certain meme sort of became a way for fans to, uh, take Adric back as like a champion of like the disenfranchised in a way and another meme that is a fifth doctor chameleon meme and it actually created it actually like has like i don't know like four hundred thousand notes wow it traveled far and wide because it has like tumblr aesthetic markers even though it's also very specific to doctor who so it's kind of looking at like how culture functions on tumblr Wow, that was a very long-winded response. <laughs> but... No, no. So essentially, the book is sort of, sort of assessing the current state of consumption of the show. Yes, as a as a yeah, kind and, of like and, and thought okay. on the show as well. Right, and writing and, and sort yeah. of this is where we are. So now we have all this to do because we've done all this stuff already, and now people who've just finished reading the book mm-hmm. go forward in all of yeah. your beliefs, etc. <laughs> and um, uh, and and uh, and do more it's, stuff. Yeah, That's it's, amazing. It's um, so reading. so you so. Are you also presenting the book at all, as, mm-hmm. as well as just doing a just doing a signing? There's there's a session with so you guys. So there's a session that is on Friday, I believe, it is at noon. Let me double check that. I should just have this open anyway. Um, is that the TARDIS talks? It's not the TARDIS talks. It's actually separate from the TARDIS talks. Uh, okay. Um, okay. I am not doing a TARDIS talk this year. Not through oh, okay. like mouse or anything. I just figured that people would be sick of me. Um, talking about academic stuff. I cannot agree with that. So there's a panel at noon on Friday called The History of Studying Doctor Who, and that's actually the panel about the book. And then right after that is the contributor autograph session, which means I'm going to be in Autograph Alley from 1 to 2. And then from 2 to 3, I'm going to be on a panel about Blake 7. Oh, wow. You're... And then from 4.30 to 5.30, all wow, my panels so you, are on you, the same day. Oh, that's intense. You've got, you got a big day. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to the Blake 7 excitement a bit later, because uh-huh. I'm sure you and I can share excitement about that. Because there's more Blake 7 this year than ever before. There, uh, I, there really is, and I'm, I'm taking credit for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But before, before, before we leap into a show that's not actually supposed to be covered by this podcast mm-hmm. at all, <laughs> Jess, you are back for the third time. I am. You're, you're a rising star. Uh, Thanks. Or, you or are. Something. You you have. <laughs> Thank you. You have risen. I I would say you have. Achieved. Exactly. Well, you're, I. I, I guess that's fair. You're a, yeah, you're a comet. Anyway, whatever. Um, uh, you are you are also kind of exalted in the convention this year because you are leading an interview session with two composers, I believe. Yes, which I am thrilled to do. The panel is called "Music to My Ears," and it's basically going to be a chat about composing music for films, not just television, but films, animation, and even gaming. Oh, wow. All the elements that go into that. I'm actually interested in it because although I'm a musician and a composer myself, I've never done anything like that. Right, right, right. So I I have a lot of things that I want to know and and be able to talk about from, you know, a general perspective, but also a musician's perspective. So I'm very interested in doing that. But most excitingly, they're going to have two 
so-called local composers, L.A. composers, uh, David Raiklin and George Shaw, who work in film and gaming and and so on, and television. But also Doctor Who luminaries Dominic Glynn and Sagan Akinola. Wow. Thrilled to be a part of that. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, needless to say, I've been doing some research and some studying uh, um, on the topic and and listening to uh, more, particularly uh, the Jodie Whittaker era. Gotcha, right. So is, is this going to be in one of the one of the main halls, or are you in a side room? It's it, it's in the big room. Oh, the big uh, room. Yeah. Big so room. I'm I'm on a super sofa. excited, uh, super excited slash freaked about it. Absolutely. Are they going to be playing clips? Is it like a here's some music from a thing, and then ooh, talk about it? Or I mean, are you in charge of actually managing the whole thing, or are you have you been given a brief? I'm really, as far as I know, I'm going to be kind of the moderator. I'm going to be asking the questions. But since there's going to be four people to talk to, there won't obviously be that many questions because it'll all apply to everybody except maybe specific Doctor Who questions. But I think there won't be examples like that. I think there are other panels where particularly uh, Akinola and Glenn are doing uh, some of their own things specifically. Yeah, yeah, they've obviously come from afar, so they want to get the want to get the value Quite. out of them. Yeah, Quite so. So yeah, really just about that whole element of the creative process specific to writing for all these various media, which are... Fascinating. Which are related but unrelated. You know, gaming seems a far cry, mm-hmm. a, a video game soundtrack seems a far cry from a film. But I'd like to know more about that. But I have a sense that they're not that far off. They're not as far off as it might seem. Well, I mean, I think video games and, you know, becoming TV series and kind of vice versa. You know, those two things are meshing together. Mm. There are also classical orchestras that do video game music. Like, there is a lot of... That's right. ...veneration, I think. That's become... You're right. You're right. In these recent years, there's been a lot of crossover you know everything from film scores performed live to you know orchestras involved in all levels of composition i mean one of the things i think has always interests me is how much more you know we all say oh there's too much content etc etc which one may say there's too much or too little or whatever there's certainly a lot more content than there ever used to be all of it needs music yes and music doesn't come from Mm. nowhere it has to be composed right yes indeed human at this point yeah, unless you're making some sort of, you know, jukebox soundtrack where you're pulling pop songs or this song or that song as your soundtrack, which different TV shows do, obviously. Of course, uh, yeah. But um, original music, yes, has to yeah. come from somewhere. And it's and it's a variety of resources, too, you know, uh, depending on the availability or the money in that's thrown into a project. You can have as little as someone with a synth putting it all together right, by themselves, right, 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 right. which has, you know, served... Doctor Who well in the past and, yeah. and today and expanding it to live musicians and even orchestras and the mixing of the two is very interesting too which of yeah. course both Murray Gold and Sagan Akinola do and are, are extremely skilled at yeah wow we're currently so I'm, and we're currently not enjoying watching the new series of True Detective um, uh-huh. which doesn't have any original music this suddenly pops in my head they're, they're, they're just using that I mean like I guess movies do but you know they're just using they're just bringing in songs yes um, which are like incredibly jarring to our eyes like why this doesn't fit at all mm. I think one of the fascinating things about getting someone to actually compose something is that you can actually compose a piece of music that is going to really enhance 
what you're watching, which is what's yes, important. ideally so, and yeah. uh, certainly you know uh, a I'm using pop song in the most wide. Yeah, you know, a yeah. concept of it possible, but uh, to use a pop song can be effective because obviously it, it evokes memories for people, it evokes feelings, and yeah. and so that can be effective too for certain types of shows, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, original music yeah. is certainly a skill uh, yeah, that these shows and, and a asset to these right. shows. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we really... are we going to be able to hear you play at all? Are you playing at any point during the convention? Not this time. Uh, I was asked. Okay. I was flattered to be asked if I would do something again. Right. Uh, and not to put too fine a point on it, I couldn't think of anything I wanted to do because I'm mm-hmm. I'm in a low point of my production. Dudley Simpson project is paused right. for now. Finished right. season two mm-hmm. in August. Right, right, right. And gearing up for maybe some other things, but because I. I didn't want to kind of do another Dudley Simpson thing. Yeah, sure. Right. Although I co- totally would have. Uh, I kind of felt like I didn't want to overdo that too much. And if I couldn't come up with something, either a different focus right. or a little bit more general, then I would say that maybe I can think of something next year. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but this opportunity came up, so of course, right. you know, that'll be great. But I, I, there's a piano around somewhere, so maybe you'll find me sitting at it. <laughs> What time is your What time is your discussion with the composers? That is uh, Sunday at one p.m. Again, oh. that's in the big room, Program A. What a lovely endpoint to the weekend! Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're not scheduled against each other again. Yeah, I, I might actually. Yes, exactly. I might actually be able to. Well, hang on. I, I'm on some. No, my my panel's on Saturday. I'm good. I'm good. Oh that's, yes, that's great. I'm going to be able to see you both. So that's fantastic. Good, yes. Yeah, I'm at a panel where I'm supposed to be talking about what's wrong with AI. Uh-huh. Which, everything. So, everything. So, so there you go. <laughs> the, whole, the whole bit. I'm hoping there's going to be some of those foolish kind of AI proponents in the audience that I can then argue with, because, you know. Because, again, you know, we were just saying, why don't you get AIs to compose music? They could certainly do it. It's like, uh, well, because uh. it wouldn't be any good, that's why. Um, yes. Anyway, so you're both going to be featured in the in the convention quite prominently, um, which is fantastic. However, you're also attendees. Mm-hmm. What are we looking forward to this year? We we all no doubt we've all been perusing the program. Any kind of highlights coming up that we can draw on? I am certainly thrilled with the guest artists who will be appearing. Particularly, I was thrilled with so many early New Who stars like Billy Piper uh, cool. and yes. Camille Kuduri. Very cool. Yep. And Alex Kingston. And when I saw that they got Derek Jacobi, I was over the moon. I'm so excited. I love that he's coming because I'm, I'm interested in him for far more than Doctor Who. He's, he's, he's had such an incredible career, oh, obviously, God. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I, my, my sort of fear, and I don't think it, this is going to happen, is that they will just ask him to talk about the 10 minutes that he was in the show, um, <laughs> and then also all of the, and then big finish, and then have done with it. But he's just an actor who's got decades of, I mean, you know, I've pulled out my copy of I, Claudius, which I'm going to get him to sign. Mm, and Good. You know, good idea. And I also pulled out my copy of Day of the Jackal, which he's in. 
I mean, uh-huh, you know, okay. he's in everything. I mean, he's, he's a walk-on part in Dana Jack. He's like some French policeman who kind of walks in and walks out again. <laughs> All right. But he is a very, uh, wow, just a great person. And I'm really excited to hear him talk and yes. you know, hopefully get him to sign stuff. Sorry, Lena, I was interrupting. You were you were going to intersperse a oh, I was Jacobi just thing. saying it might be time for me to watch I, Claudius because it's been on my list forever, but I haven't gotten around to it. Like, it's very high on my list. Yeah. And I keep telling myself that I'm going to finish my rewatch of Blake 7 before the um, convention starts. That's not going to happen either. So at least Gareth Thomas is in I, Claudius. Exactly. I mean, mean, (laughs) the crossover with I, Claudius and, you know, our favorite shows is kind of a... Kind of amazing, but yeah, no. I mean, I mean, Jacoby's got so much to talk about. But recently, because I was doing, I was on a kind of a Francis Bacon kick. I saw Love Is the Devil, which is you know he plays Francis Bacon and he's uh-huh. amazing because he looks like Francis Bacon, and you know he's just yeah, he's a. I, I'm really excited, really really excited to hear him. If I remember rightly, there is one designated Doctor Who interview of his, and then there's another one that I think is going to be more broad. In general, oh, okay. I, I think he's doing oh, more yeah. than one interview for that right. reason. Right. Okay. I think so. well, that's yeah, good to know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they pigeonholed John Hurt when he was there either. Like, I think it was a pretty broad, mm-hmm. right? Um, when was Hurt at the convention? Would have been before I was there. Before I was there as well. Damn, I'm sorry, I missed it. Him. Might have been. Maybe it was the year before you were there. Yeah. I thought it was the year before he died, but maybe it was oh, longer God, than that. I'd love to see that because he's also amazing. I mean, there's so. I mean, the, he was fantastic. This, it was like so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I just watched the 1984 that he was in. You know, where he's just basically born to play Winston Smith. Anyway, um, <laughs> getting off topic, Lena. Any any highlights for you that you feel are, are, are important for the convention? Yeah, I mean, TARDIS talks always. Um, I might not be able to sit through the entire thing because it's a two-hour chunk. And some of my friends are doing, like, Doctor Who Tiki meetups and podcast meetups and stuff like that that I'm very excited for. And there was... uh, Oh, I'm excited to see the Daleks in color because we haven't gotten it over here in the States yet. Ah, And they're going to air that at night. That's right. um, That's right. During the Cornell Collective. So we'll see which one I I go to. But like... And I know that they made cuts and it's like different than the story and people had issues with the blah, blah, blah. But I want to see the Daleks in color. Have you seen it, Ben? Because I actually have. have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we We have a sneaky... Well, we don't. We, we we pay our license in the UK, so it's not sneaky. Um, yes, no, I've right. I've watched it, and it was yeah. Is it on iPlayer? It's on it's on iPlayer. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it is it's on, on iPlayer. iPlayer yes, find it on iPlayer. Yes, yeah, so if, I mean, if you got a VPN, then you're you're kind of good to go if you wish. Okay, not yeah. that we would condone that at all. Not at all. But yeah, okay, fantastic. Is there anyone who's participated in, in that cut at the convention? Is is it's not like a commentary thing? Is it? I, I don't, don't think know. it's I'm a commentary just, thing. It's just playing just a program A, and it's going to be like a popcorn event. Yeah, there's a few live commentaries that I know are happening, which yes. I hope to be able to see because they're usually a lot of fun. Yeah, Rachel Talalay is going to yes. do another one, right? Yeah, yeah Rachel Rachel Talalay's back again. So yeah, and she's she's really yeah she's really good at, at the at the live commentary. I'm mm-hmm. so I mean I've already expressed my kind of excitement to see Derek Jacobi. A um, little bit disappointed that Lala Ward had to pull out. Yeah. you know I hope she's. I mean again I hope she's okay. It's not her. It's not you know. My disappointment is minor in many ways. I guess I'm slightly disappointed that there isn't a doctor. This is the first galley I've been to where there's no doctor. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But, um, I mean, fair. I mean, you know, they're busy. They're good actors. They're busy people. 
or they're very old, you know, the, uh, and both of those things actually is, is what they are. Um, I'm still holding out for, for Paul McGann at some point because I'd love to meet him, but um, yeah, maybe next time, maybe next time. I did hear that, that Galley occasionally just doesn't have a doctor, but I think it's actually going to make it a more fun convention in some ways because like people won't be going there specifically to see a doctor and so there's going to be less i mean they might feel that way about right. Billy piper who's like a new who's like a very classic companion but uh right 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 hmm. as jess said i think the whole kind of we got great people from mm-hmm. from the tenant and the, uh, from eccleston mm-hmm. and the early mm-hmm. tenant which which i think is a mm-hmm. is very nicely curated um to have Derek jacoby and then is also feels to me to be kind of well curated I did feel a little bit last year that it was great to have Jodie there and it's fun to have her talk and obviously Chibnall was yes. there, which was good as well. I felt that sort of little bit yeah. overshadowed Colin Baker, which I thought was a shame. Ah. Um, I felt he was he was kind of like, ah, and there's someone else. So actually, I think you're right. I think to have more of a kind of a level playing field in terms of stars and to have actually, you know, the main star of the show to be yeah. someone who really wasn't in it that much, which is Derek Jacobi. <laughs> yes. Is is fantastic and exciting, um, Lena uh, yes. Blake Seven. So you you're, you're claiming a little bit of, of influence here. Yeah, I infiltrated Galley because it's a big Blake Seven year. I'm bringing all my Blake Seven stuff to get. Oh, signed. amazing! Oh, I should bring. Oh, I do have a DVD. I do have a DVD certain now. Um, so yeah, I have I have my unmade Comet Miniatures. Uh, Liberator. Oh my gosh. Which I, mean, I really think need, I might bring the box. I really top. do need to get my hands on the Liberator. <laughs> But yeah, so this year there's going to be Brian Croucher, Jan Chapel, Sally Nivette. There's going to be a Blake Seven meetup. There's going to be a Blake Seven panel, which I am actually on. Um, right. I roped be. another friend in, so there are going to be three Blake Seven. There's going to be a squadron of Blake Seven people <laughs> <laughs> coming in to Doctor Who with very little Doctor Who knowledge, <laughs> mainly for Blake Seven. And yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. I um, I welcome I welcome this, and like I, I like that um, Peter Angelides is going to be back, and he'll be talking on the writer right. channel. I, I I believe that it's most likely his influence, but he did seem pleased with the Blake Seven turnout last year, so maybe that inspired him. Right. Yeah. No, it's great. I, again, I mean, Brian Croucher is is a you know he's just such a consistently great mm-hmm. character actor and again I'm just running my eyes along my DVD slash Blu-ray shuffle okay Brian should sign this Brian should sign that uh, and yeah and I, I think it's 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 such an it's a show that's so closely adjacent yeah. to Doctor yes. Who I think is entirely appropriate yeah especially since there don't seem to be very many conventions for Blake 7 either in the States and there's one happening in june okay. in england but it's a day-long convention like people have to basically right. go all the way out to um abingdon in oxfordshire oh. <laughs> for a day um and it's just like in a small little village hall which was very fun like i would do it again but it was it's a bit of a trek right yeah right. Uh, jess are you blake seven do you know the show have you watched it a bit actually it's got good music not so, not so long ago i did watch the first two series and was planning to okay. To continue, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, the uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the music is kind of like an undiscovered country because it's so familiar, but it's not. It's go, not exactly. the same. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I did enjoy it and meant to continue on, and then you know other things, other things, uh, yeah, other exactly. things take over. But uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I saw a few people. I went to L.I. Who, the Long Island uh, Who convention in August. I did that for the first time this year. And uh, my memory is that Brian Croucher was there. And uh, there was a... I think he was. I think there was more Blake Seven in L.I. as well. There was a bit of Blake Seven there as well. Is that that another three-day convention? How does it compare to... Yeah. Yeah. It's another three-day just convention just on a smaller scale okay uh you know it's uh in a particular obviously smaller contained space few main spaces a few smaller spaces but yeah just a reduced size galley i guess i'd say more convenient for britain for sure yeah i have been meaning to because it's on the east coast i have been meaning to get up there and and check it out um i don't think i think i was too late to find a hotel Right, right. This year. Oh. Wow. Well, now, I mean, now, now you're a published Who critic. People are going to be like, we need to invite Lena Barkin. No, Indeed. No. <laughs> Not Indeed. at all. No, no, manifest it in the universe, Lena. Exactly. You need to, need to manifest it. You need to manifest it. So, so, so we talked talk a little about, about panels, um, guests. Um, anything else that we're particularly looking forward to um, this time around? I will also be on a zine panel, which I'm excited for. Oh, um, oh good. Cool. Excellent. I'm a little nervous because I don't have speciality in Doctor Who zines, but I have been getting into like general fandom zines and like the, okay. and like the lack of information or accessibility to zines at the Doctor Who convention kind of baffles me, and I kind of just want to be like, well, maybe we should um, preserve our culture. <laughs> um. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm also involved in another, another music panel. One is specific to the Akinola era okay which is why i'm uh watching so intensively because not surprisingly i'm a bit more of a classics guy and so i missed i did miss some of the uh the the jody era and i'm now catching up what's the subject of that panel just the kind of jody era music yeah so therefore specifically the akinola era okay and so yeah getting to know that i find his music very interesting because it's it's so much it's 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 subtler for better or worse you know murray gold's music is so Big and cinematic and melodic and wears the emotions on their sleeves. Right. Uh, whereas you can so hear it in the new special. Yes, very yeah, much. I, it's I, a I, huge I, difference. Overwhelming. It, it yeah, is. I mean, I've got a tin ear for for music in general, but it was like blimey, the music has <laughs> it's, is suddenly it, is suddenly back again, and it's noisy and it's doing stuff. It's massive for better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. Yes, and I think there's definitely positives and negatives that, to that. Actually, I liked all of Murray Gold's music in the specials. I, I thought, yeah, I no, thought, it was, yeah, I thought it worked really well, and there was actually some rather clever, witty things that he, he did in there, which I was pleased with. But this particular panel is specific to that era, so I'm going to catch okay, up on that. Yeah. Otherwise, there is a author named Kevin John Davis who has written a book on Douglas Adams. And there's going to be a couple of panels specific to Douglas Adams that I'm interested to check out. Those are kind of passed me by. I'm going to have to go back to the schedule and look at those because I I like me a bit of Douglas Adams. Yeah. Yeah. There's also uh, Magic the Gathering (laughs) channel um, because there's a new release of Doctor Who Magic the Gathering cards in the past two weeks. I have played maybe 80 games oh. <laughs> because it's available online. Uh-huh. I have completely caught the bug. I have gone off the deep end. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't played since college. Goodness. So so you, so you've you not played Magic before the Doctor Who release? Oh, I or? absolutely have. I played all through college because okay. I had a group of friends. Like, we just played Magic all night. 
And then I still have some of those decks, but I have not played in a very long time because it's harder to play when you don't have like a group of people that you're playing with all the time. But I gotcha. did not right, know right. that there is an online app and you can play at will with anyone you want. Uh-oh. And my Thank friend you. group has started playing Magic again. So we are trying to arrange some sort of Magic night. Mm. Um, sometimes I just remind myself how much of a nerd I am. But it's very yeah. cool. The land cards, the land cards, like there are plains and like swamps and stuff. But all the all the art for the land cards have tiny little tortoises on them. Oh. oh. And and I have cards for the first eight doctors. If my wife were here, she'd tell you that I hate all kinds of games. I'm not really a, a person who likes the games. Well, I don't know why. But anyway, I don't really like playing games. However, I was really tempted by that panel because I love some of that artwork yeah, on those magic, magic cards. Magic is beautiful. They've sent them out to different artists, mm-hmm. like not the people you usually mm-hmm. see. And the briefs that they've given them are like uh, sometimes kind of less accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, you know, if, I think... So I'm, I'm going to nerd out a bit on, on Doctor Who. I think the whole kind of Chris Achilleos, Alistair Pearson, sort of like hyper accuracy mm-hmm. around Doctor Who illustration is awesome. And I like it. It's so fun, though, to see people actually taking these creatures and these designs and these people and doing something different with them. Like, yeah. hey, what would what would Jamie look like if he could look like anything? Well, Jamie does look like Jamie to me, which was important. The Jamie one is very clearly based off of a specific Jamie still that is used a lot for the character. Okay. Um, what is cool that is there are also Lord of the Rings magic cards now. Okay. And they took a lot of liberties with that. Like, the characters look nothing like they do in the movies. They're very, like, based on, like... Interesting. Huh. There's a lot of diversity there that hasn't been right. in a lot of representation. Um, hmm. that just, Very true. Just, very true. That hasn't necessarily been the case for they don't like race bend any of the doctors, but it would be race bending because the original actor was anyway. Right. Um, but th- there is like a I can bring the deck and show it to you because I think you really like the art and the card. Oh, I'd, yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's actually really with the Doctor Who magic. I mean, I you know I'd be almost I was almost tempted. I need like to would mm-hmm. like to buy some of these to have them around, but you know already is I've got too much stuff around already, so maybe maybe not. But, you know, as usual, I will be skulking around the dealer's room looking for bargains. I'll be hoping to pick up some of the books because several interesting books have right. come out recently, including a Blake 7 one, I think. Um, the production guy? If I'm, oh, that production guy. I think yeah. so. It's gorgeous. It's, I oh, have it. It's yeah. so it? good. Oh, yes. wow. It's, so it's, cool. it's good. I mean, it's a print-on-demand thing, so I was like, oh, maybe not, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's worth getting. No, Cult Edge is great. Oh. It's top class. Okay. Um, Interesting. Oh, good. Yeah, I can, sh- like, we don't have to do it now on the podcast, but, like, I can definitely, like, show yeah. you the book. Cool. I dug out one of my world distributors, Blake Seven Annuals from, like, 1980 or something, which is going to be my kind of signing. Oh, cool. Signing, cool. signing object. Mm-hmm. Well, so Cult Edge also does, like, a 1983 annual because the Series 4 never got one. Uh, oh, interesting. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, right. There's <laughs> stuff for me to look at then. <laughs> um, I, I got the, um, the, 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 the David Whittaker biog. Ah, um, that's the one I'm curious about. Which um, uh, Simon Guria is, is going to be there giving, I think, a couple of Whittaker talks. So I've got that. Yes. I'm really excited to, to have him sign that because it's a block of a book. It's like, wow. Really? This is a real, real. Yeah, it's like a couple of hundred, you know, three, four, three hundred pages or something. It's huge with color photographs and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of, you know. Um, see whether I can chat to Simon about that because I think that would be fun. How likely might it be that Allie has 
the special collection versions of the DVD Blu-rays with like the hardcover. Uh, yeah, don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, oh God, yeah, I mean, don't get me started. I mean, I've started getting Blu-rays yeah. for the first time because we, we have a Blu-ray player yeah. and like, and I've got, I mean, I've got all the DVDs, a lot of which the sign is like, maybe I need to start selling these DVDs and getting the Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. But my problem is, is those those limited editions are so gorgeous yeah. and the kind of regular editions are so horrible. Yeah. It's it's really, ah, uh, what? I have two limited editions and I have three regular editions and I really want to replace the three regular editions because, well, they're also, they're worse in America than they are in the UK even. Yeah, there's, so, a, there's a distinct, there's a distinct kind of drop off of quality like all the way down yeah, the line. It's, it's like the UK, yeah, it's like the UK special edition and then the UK normal edition, and then right at the bottom of the heap is the US Yeah, edition. and I just kicked myself for not being smart enough to buy those special editions when they came out, basically. But, you know. Yeah. I've started buying some of the yeah. collection. Right. Uh, for Kind of for that reason, because yeah. they are just so they lovely. Are. I mean, and, they really... Uh, I mean, what it's funny. I mean, again, one of the things I think about, kind of a lot of things, that, well, I think particularly DVDs, like, well, how often do you watch... I mean, the, the, those Blu-ray collections. I mean, how often are you going to watch them? Quite a lot, mm-hmm. but but the most of the time they're going to be on a shelf. Yeah, yeah. And if if it's something that I'm going to be looking at on a regular basis, i.e., staring at it on a mm-hmm. shelf, if it looks like crap, then I'm not going to enjoy mm-hmm. it. I mean, the main enjoyment of that kind of object is its object. Yes, not yeah. the fact that it's a disc. Yeah, the physical yeah. aspect. The, yeah. So I think that. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I think if there are them, if they do have them there, they'll be big oh, bucks. Yeah, I expect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm hoping for some of the new B and M figures to be available. That I can pick up the time that new Time Lord set. I'm excited to have, and I've started doing customs, like action figure customs, who uh-huh. customs. So, and and they have very often on those dealer page, they have like piles of kind of like out of box figures that no one really likes. And I've got a few custom ideas that I'm I'm going to try if I they got the right figures. Yeah, and I mean Eagle Moss collapsed last year, so maybe though. There will be some reselling happening. Could be, yeah. I, though I, I think I read uh, the the license has been picked up by somebody else, hasn't it? I think they're going to keep on releasing them. So there is some of the licenses have been picked up by mass replicas, but they ninety nine percent of the time do Star Trek, right? And and they sell them on Etsy too, actually. Yeah. Um. There there are some ways to get them on eBay or something. I think I might have said before, but I am so grateful that I was not living in Britain when the Eagle Moss Who collection started, because <laughs> otherwise my entire house would be filled with every single one of those the figurines. Figures. They're so great. They're so good. There's a chapter in the book about those figurines. Oh, cool! It's amazing. I mean, the kind of that variety, the variety of characters is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping to I'm hoping to pick up some. I mean, maybe Daleks if they have any, but they're they're the they're the kind of top level ones. But I mean, certainly with some of the figures, I've got some cool customs that I'm starting mm-hmm. excited to start on. So that's one of my plans. Well, great, fantastic. Um, anything, anything else that's exciting? So, I mean, hopefully LA will be not underwater when we're there. Yes, that that'll be a plus. We've been told it, it will be clear. I think the storm will have blown through. It'll be sunshine. Um, I am going to remember <laughs> my swimming gear this time, so I'm going to be lounging by the pool. Possibly. Good for you. Some of the time. I don't know. Maybe not. 
No, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys and seeing my yeah, family and hanging out at the bar. Fantastic. And making my panels this year <laughs> and not sleeping through. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yes. All on Friday, so I got so I no, get good. to spend Saturday and Sunday not worrying about anything. <laughs> That's good, um, Alina. You've you already said that actually you're you're going to be in, in LA for a while, a little bit beforehand. Are you, are you going to be there afterwards as well, or are you going straight back? Straight back home to the East Coast. I leave on Monday. Okay, um, all right. So I leave from the hotel. I just take an extra night because right, peace right, of right, mind. Right. And Jess, when do when when do you arrive in the city of Angels? I shall arrive on Wednesday. So right. give myself that full day, and then a little right. bit of obviously Thursday. There's a little bit of a meet up there. There is. Uh, and then I'm staying an extra day and leaving on Tuesday. Oh, cool. Okay. And okay. what I do on Monday has ranged from, you know, going to visit friends or seeing a bit of L.A. Right. to uh, staying in my room and ordering room service. Uh, depends on how I feel. <laughs> Both entirely valid, I, I, I'd yeah. have said. Um, are you, you tend not to stay in the main hotel. You like to be a little bit distant this time, or are you going to be- uh, there is actually something nice about the distance. I mean, it, it's maybe a practicality thing. I I earn points with this particular oh. hotel, so I I just I have been sticking with that. But it's like a five minute walk. Yeah, it's, it's nothing, good for you. you know. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. It's nice to have for me. It has the convention be there, and then I leave it, and then I have my own kind yeah, of you know, space yeah. there away from <laughs> it, and I can retreat and then return. Um, it is actually very full on. I remember the first year I went, I hadn't realized that basically everybody in the hotel was at the convention. Mm. And it is, it is, a, it is, I mean, there's, a, there's upsides and downsides to this kind of microcosm, kind of a single world um, where everybody <laughs> yes. is interested in the same thing and any conversations could be had as long as they're about that subject. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic. Um, I'm tempted to kind of wrap up. Are are there any other, for the two of you, are there any other projects that you'd like to kind of promote to the tens, tens of people (laughs) who listen to this podcast? I did not have anything prepared. That's fine. There are certainly things that I am working on. Oh, and and, anything you can tell us about? Or is this all kind of hush-hush? all kind of hush-hush and hasn't been accepted yet. Etc. Next year. Etc. No, exactly. Well, then, just remind us of the title of your book. Adventures Across Space and Time. Has it got a picture of a TARDIS on the front of it? It sure does. And a vortex. Yes. Hey. <laughs> I was going to say, is TARDIS over a swirly thing? Yeah. That is, oh, that's sure. the... Quite so. Like, chef's kiss is the... <laughs> <laughs> a limited number of words and a limited number of images. Acceptable. <laughs> Um, Jess, so you, you mentioned that the, the music project is kind of at a natural hiatus right now. Have you got anything else you're working on? Uh, yeah, basically uh, season two's wrapped up. I have ideas for some non-performance videos that I will maybe begin to undertake after Galley. Just some kind of interest in music in general in the 60s and 70s particularly. Uh, and Ooh. so, yeah. But- and that'll all be on your, your regular channel? Yes, all obviously my uh, Dudley Simpson is Doctor Who project is still all on YouTube waiting for you to find it. And uh, if you're not into me talking, there's compilation videos where you can just listen to the music, uh, which is I actually like to do myself. So don't feel bad about that. And there may very well be a season three uh, okay. because I have ideas of to what music there will be. But that will probably be the end if if there is a season three, like I pretty much got it covered. Uh, right after right. that and there's some uh 
with the perspective of having done all the music I've done, that I can see a few holes I can fill there that should be covered. Some stories that deserve some mm-hmm. attention, particularly the first two stories I've never done anything. For. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Planet of Giants and the Crusade, I haven't done any music from, but I I can see how I might do that now. So that, But that's the future, maybe this year, maybe next but the research videos I'd like to get started on this year and, you know, put out something in a mm. Dalek 6388 kind of style, oh, you man. know, lots of information and, 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 uh, Fabulous. but on a, obviously a musical angle. To yeah. It. Oh, that's exciting. So a different kind of production, you know, the Dudley Simpson project production is very, it's kind of quite spare. Um, you know, it's you and yeah. the piano and the music. So you're looking at doing something that's that's more kind of flashy. Oh uh, well, a little bit more. I mean, not so much me talking to a camera. If uh, that's okay. really what I mean, okay. is uh, a little bit more oh, you know image based and and but also full of audio and interest. And this will be soundtracks again that you'll be researching or kind of yes. music in general. Yes, okay. just some Great. just some of the concepts of how music was made and the types of music was made. You know, I've I've talked a bit about the contrast between music of the '60s and the early '70s, and then when post production became possible, some of those things. You know, I can I want to delve gotcha. deeper into and uh, and uh, you know some aspects of the compositions and the soundtrack. Um, these are things in my mind that I hope to bring into uh, fruition. Uh, apart from that, uh, Doctor Who wise, uh, I, I have to, been doing a little bit of writing. I did an article for the 60th anniversary uh, uh, edition of Warp Vorp, oh, uh, nice. the uh, the uh, fanzine. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, issue six. Which a copy which I'm looking to pick up at the convention, yeah. so I've not read it. So you did a piece for that. I did a That's piece fantastic. which was a lot of fun. They asked me to write an article about uh, Norman Kay's music for mm, uh, okay. Unearthly Child, 100,000 mm-hmm. BC, right. which I uh, had an awesome time doing. And so I was thrilled to do that and see it in print. And so yeah. hoping to do more of that. Fantastic. Well, Vorp, Vorp's are, are the kind of, you know, um, gold standard of platinum standard of fanzine so yeah yeah exactly yeah it's, it's way too expensive to import it to the states so i, I it is I, beautiful though yeah. but yes it, it, but you know it's i believe that that particular volume is something like 170 pages so it is not slight yeah 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 no i it always amazes me i don't know why i should be amazed but i mean i think you're just thinking about your writing Lena, the, that there is still so much to be said about the show, mm-hmm. which again proves why it's so good. Um, because it, you know, we, it, cont- it, just, it, just keeps going. it contains multitudes, and there is there's yeah. all of it <laughs> is um, instructive, and all of it is useful. Well, um, it's also so many people watch it, and right. each person has their like individual thoughts, and each Absolutely. person has something to say and brings something to the table that you yeah. might not have considered before. I mean, I often, I often think how glorious it would be to be like a new fan yeah. and then suddenly realize that there's 60 years worth of mm-hmm. the rest of it that you can. <laughs> and again, you know, I think as, as I think has been said before, you know, it, it's so varied. If you don't like one bit of it, then go to another bit of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, one thing I could mention, um, who knows in what format it will continue on living, but I have been watching one episode of Doctor Who a day, and I'm all the way up to Sixth Doctor now, so it's been about two years. Yes. Um, and is migrated from Twitter 
to Discord to Blue Sky. <laughs> so there, were, there were some um, upheavals. So it's not all right. concentrated in one space, which I would have liked. But even though I am occasionally on Twitter again, I am sticking with Blue Sky. Blue Sky so, is your thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, for, for that, for who a day, I'm sticking with Blue Sky. So if you okay. want those updates, those really dumb insights. <laughs> it, the, the problem, one of the problems is that you can't upload videos, I think, but some version of my thoughts and processes of watching one episode of Doctor Who a day. Fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've not been able to get my head around what social media platform I should it's replace bad. Twitter with. <laughs> I, yeah. I went back to Tumblr and then oh, Blue Sky right. and Twitter. Go, yeah. It's just, there's there's yeah. no there's no hope. There's no saving it. No, I'd, it's, I just, th- yeah, well, yeah, this is now, we're getting right, right off topic, but how someone can be allowed to kind of wreck a genuinely, <laughs> genuinely useful mm-hmm. tool... Uh, mm-hmm. It should have been a public resource. It should be like the library. Absolutely, yeah, 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 it's a public yeah. resource. Yeah. It should be publicly a public resource owned. Also, so absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm not buying one of his stupid cars either at this <laughs> no, point. Like, yeah, you know, I'll blow up on ge- you anyway. So. Indeed. <laughs> Okay, well, fantastic. Thank you all so much. That's enough of enough of being mean about Elon Musk. How, how, how dare us? The man's a genius. He's a round-faced, shiny-headed genius. Indeed. Yep. Anyway, so thank you both so much for giving us an hour of your time. Yeah, of course. And, My pleasure. Uh, I will see you both next week at the Gallery One convention. Hooray! And I will encourage our listeners, if they're not going to be at the convention, to seek out Jesse's work online and Lena's work online. And fantastic. Uh, if you have been, thanks for listening. Um, uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. It was great talking to you.